What's up, everybody? Ryan Thomas live for another episode of the Thomas Take Sports Podcast. Monday, June 3rd, and it is freezing in western New York. It is typical western New York weather, but not so typical for June. I'd I'd expect better. I'd expect much better weather this time of year. But nonetheless, I can... Hit up the mic, go live on the podcast, and give my prediction and preview, preview and prediction for this Saturday night's main event, UFC on pay-per-view. What number UFC are we even on anymore? I, I don't even keep track anymore. But regardless, Henry Cejudo, the UFC flyweight champion, moves up in weight to take on the number one title contender, Marlon Moraes, and there is a huge intertwined storyline with this fight that makes it so intriguing, and that is the status of now former UFC bantamweight champion TJ Dillashaw. TJ Dillashaw moved down in weight to fight the flyweight champion Henry Cejudo, And that performance came up short, it's safe to say, as Henry Cejudo, 42, 43, 44 seconds in, was able to get the knockout over TJ Dillashaw on the first ever ESPN Plus card. Henry Cejudo gets the new strap wrapped around his waist, the new UFC belt, which I'm not really a fan of, but that's that's another point for another day. Henry Cejudo gets that new belt, and... Shortly after that fight took place, TJ Dillashaw tested positive for probably one of the worst banned substances that you could possibly be tested positive for that, that could come up hot on your on your test, and that is EPO, a steroid process that has been done in cycling and in baseball. You know, it helps guys cardio wise. It's it's really a cardio booster as far as a uh, steroid or procedure in order to gain an advantage on an opponent, which is exactly what T.J. Dillashaw was doing. Now, begs the question, how long was T.J. Dillashaw doing that stuff? There's, there's no way of knowing, but he did test positive for it on that Henry Cejudo test. So there is that. As well as... The fact that TJ Dillashaw did lose that fight, there was going to be a rematch between Dillashaw and Cejudo at this 135-pound weight class would allow Henry Cejudo the opportunity to move up and fight TJ again and take his 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 uh, 135-pound belt. Or maybe they were going to rematch it at flyweight. We'll never really know because I don't ever see Henry Cejudo stepping in the octagon with a guy that was on EPO. It's just not going to happen. Henry Cejudo is too clean of an athlete. Far too, um, far too by the book, in order to give TJ Dillashaw that rematch. So, what ends up happening is the UFC says, "Okay, TJ Dillashaw is going to be suspended for two years." The commission decides that we don't decide that. The commission says he's going to be suspended for two years. If it were up to the UFC, he probably wouldn't have even been suspended because the UFC is so desperate for draws and pay-per-view buys. They need all the help they can get right now, especially on this new ESPN Plus platform, which hasn't really been too kind to the UFC as far as pay-per-view buys. You can go check that stuff out. 
100,000, 90,000, not, not big numbers, not McGregor numbers to say the least. So the UFC says, well, we can't control that. TJ Dillashaw is going to be suspended for two years. What's the next best thing? Well, Marlon Marais deserved the title shot anyway. If TJ Dillashaw were to say, screw the Cejudo rematch, we'll just go with the number one contender. Well, that number one contender is Marlon Marais. And the UFC wanted Henry Cejudo to move up in that rematch. They didn't want him to carry that flyweight division title anymore. But here he is, being that he won that fight, you know, he, he, he's got the leverage. So now Henry Cejudo moves up to 135 pounds to take on this number one contender, Marlon Marais. And I have to say, right out of the gate, I am so excited for this fight. I don't think this fight is getting the push that it quite deserves. And I don't feel like people understand what's at stake here between these two guys and just how dynamic a matchup this is going to be at the UFC bantamweight division. Now, the some of most of the fight fans that I know that are that are kind of new to the UFC, they're not really big fans of the lower weight divisions. They feel like the fighters have too much speed, not enough power. They feel like the light heavyweights and the heavyweights are where it's at because there's a high chance for a knockout being that you got guys upwards of 205 pounds and up throwing four-ounce gloves around at one another. But I've always liked all MMA, you know, as far as division by division on a division by division basis. I've always liked MMA, and no matter what the division, I find it entertaining. The 145-pound weight class, the 135-pound weight class was really made into something special post the WEC-UFC merger. It was really made into something special as far as 145 went and 135 went at that time in the WEC. But now the roster is just so big in those two weight divisions. There's a lot of talent there in those divisions. And these guys, yeah, they're not the most powerful in comparison to a heavyweight. They might not have the prestige that the heavyweights have, but I feel like they have far more technique where the light heavyweights and the heavyweights are just kind of throwing throwing everything but the kitchen sink. Um, and the bantamweights and the featherweights and even the flyweights now are just so dynamic and so fun to watch. So we're going to see a real technical battle between Henry Cejudo and Marlon Marais that I think will be won for the ages. I think this fight is going to be something really special because Henry Cejudo is known as this phenomenal takedown artist. He's he's probably, for my money, the best wrestler as far as credentials go in MMA. Olympic gold medalist in Beijing. Um, and Marlon Marais is a true knockout artist. This guy can knock you out with both hands, with both legs. He's had a lot of head kick knockdowns, a lot of head kick knockouts. His knockout of Aljamain Sterling was something out of a, out of a comic book. The way he just effortlessly threw that kick and the way it connected like a baseball bat, you know, hitting a baseball. That was a truly epic um, moment for Marlon Marais in his career. And Marlon Marais is no stranger to winning titles. He was the World Series of Fighting champion, now known as the PFL. He was the champion of that organization at Bantamweight. Now he gets this opportunity to really climb the ladder through the UFC. And he had his roadblocks. He lost to Hafiela Sunsau. He came up short in that fight but ever since then man boy is he has he ever looked good so this is a really interesting fight henry cejudo is actually risking a lot 
moving up and and taking this opportunity because if he were to lose, he'll just have to be forced to go back down to flyweight, and that's if the UFC still wants that flyweight division to be in existence. As of now, they do. As of now, they, they see it as it's a division worth having, and maybe if Henry Cejudo even wins this fight, Maybe they see it as, well, this division is not worth having because Henry Cejudo just won the bantamweight title. He'll, why would he cut weight again? So either way, the state of the flyweight division is is really in flux right now, and you see some recent roster cuts from the UFC roster. Wilson Hayes, who was a number one contender at one point, fighting Demetrius Johnson on a fight night card in Kansas City not so long ago, you know, a year, year and a half ago, maybe Wilson Hayes is is out on the market. He's he's available, really with nowhere to go, and that's a shame. I think that these flyweights are entertaining fighters. Really feel like they're being punished for the drawing power or lack thereof with the former longtime champion Demetrius Johnson. He didn't bring a lot of attention to the weight class, and now everybody else is paying the price for it. And I don't think that's fair. I really don't, especially when that said Demetrius Johnson isn't one championship. He's not even in the UFC anymore. So who really cares? But when I look at this fight as far as skill for skill and really break it down, Henry Cejudo's boxing has, has gotten far better. He knocked out Wilson Hayes. He defeated Demetrius Johnson. He knocked out TJ Dillashaw as close as that Demetrius Johnson fight was. The one facet of Henry Cejudo's game that made that fight Different from the first Johnson versus Cejudo fight was the fact that Henry Cejudo can throw punches now. He can throw combinations. He can mix things up. His strikes to open up his takedowns. His takedowns to open up his strikes. It's very offensive and defensive. Offensive and defensive and offensive and offensive. He is a great mix of his technique, and and that's why he's a champion in mixed martial arts. He can literally take each discipline and mix it in his own way. Now, a lot of people are saying that maybe Henry Cejudo's win over TJ Dillashaw was a little bit of a fluke. I don't think so. You know, he, he threw him to the ground, he punched him in the head, he punched him in the head, he punched him in the head. I don't think that's a fluke. Um, I thought he won that fight fair and square. It was a quick stoppage, but TJ Dillashaw was not defending himself, and he was getting hit. And he was flat on his face on the on the canvas. So what is the ref supposed to do? For this fight, though, I don't see Henry Cejudo starching Marlon Marais. I think the guy that could knock the other one out would be Marais. I think Marais has a much higher chance of knocking out Cejudo than the other way around. Although I said that Henry Cejudo's stand-up game has improved, it has improved. But dating back to my post-fight reaction to Dillashaw versus Cejudo, I believed that TJ Dillashaw got knocked out due in large part to the fact that he lost 10 extra pounds, was very dehydrated, was very um, very lean and, and not in a good way. Not lean and mean. He looked frail in there. So, you know, maybe that was Henry Cejudo taking advantage of that a little bit. Maybe touched him on the chin where there wasn't as much oxygen to the brain as there normally is when T.J. Dillashaw cuts weight down to 135. Then you cut weight down to 125, you're asking your body to cut 10 extra pounds. People, 10 extra pounds is a lot of weight, especially when you're cutting it. So I think that that had a large fact. That was a large factor that played a large part in why TJ Dillashaw lost that fight, Marlon Marais is a is a true 135er, true muscle, true 
physical peak form for this fight. And that's what's going to be very interesting to see how Henry Cejudo deals with that. And I wonder who will be the bigger guy because we've seen these fighters mix weight classes before. Most recently, we saw it with Max Holloway fighting Dustin Poirier. And yeah, Max Holloway looks like he could be a welterweight at some point in his career. But Dustin Poirier carries more weight, more more muscle mass, which helps the power in his punches. Marlon Moraes might have the same uh, benefits that Dustin Poirier has is that Marlon Moraes carries more muscle on his mass that helps his power within his punches. So that'll be a interesting dynamic to tune into come Saturday, June 8th for UFC on pay-per-view on ESPN plus. I'm excited for this fight. I think Henry Cejudo could easily dominate this fight as well. I think Marlon Moraes could get the knockout. This is a very interesting fight, but if I, if I were Henry Cejudo, I'd clinch, 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 Wrestle, 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 and I would not allow Marlon Marais to get any space whatsoever. We've never really seen Marlon Marais pressed too much in his MMA, UFC, World Series of Fighting, PFL career. We haven't seen much of it. And I think if there's one guy that could really lay on the pressure with Marlon Marais in there, it would be Henry Cejudo. I think Henry Cejudo has to be able to pressure Marlon Marais in order to win this fight. I think Marlon Marais has to keep his distance in order to land that big punch. But for whatever reason, you know, I think I am going to go with Henry Cejudo. I have a lot of reasons, but I, in the back of my mind, I, I could see Marlon Marais landing one clean shot. And it very well could happen. But I feel like the wrestling of Henry Cejudo might be a little bit too much for Marlon Marais. And just watch the UFC Countdown show on the UFC YouTube channel. And I did not see at any point Marlon Marais um, training his takedown defense, which is a little bit concerning. I saw a lot of offense, a lot of strikes, um, but I didn't see him training his takedown defense, which if Marlon Marais isn't training his takedown defense for a fight with Henry Cejudo, then uh, he needs a new trainer. That's, that's a fact. We have a lot of really great fights on this card. Tony Ferguson, Donald Cerrone. I'll be sure to preview and predict that one as well. Wednesday. And we'll go from there. Wanted to preview and predict Henry Cejudo. I'm going to go Henry Cejudo by submission in the fourth round. I think his wrestling will be a little bit too much for Marlon Marais. And eventually Cejudo will break down, wear down Marlon Marais and submit him in the fourth round. I'm Ryan Thomas. It was the Thomas Take. Join the takeover, everyone. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Thomas Take. Follow me on Instagram at Ryan Thomas Take. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful Monday. Enjoy the fights.